is Your Working Life, a show that provides you with tools, inspiration, and resources so you can enjoy your career and love your life. I'm Caroline Dowd Higgins. I'm a career and executive coach, and today I welcome Teen Swo to the show. Teen, you're going to talk about why subscription models are a wise strategy for business. So welcome to the show, and, and let's get started. You know, I was I was reading your bio and your profile, and I have to say out loud, I was really intrigued by the fact that you were employee number 11, as now known as the global sales force. So how does that feel? Because that was an earlier part of your career. It was an amazing experience. I mean, I, I took a bet to, uh, to work for a person who was relatively unknown at the time, Mark Benioff, yeah. still operating out of his house. But I love the vision. I could see that the internet was going to change our lives. The software was going to move into what we now call the cloud. And uh, it was a bet, and it turned out to be a very good one. Very good bet. Excellent. And you then moved on to do extraordinary things, and your new book is called Subscribed. Why the subscription model will be your company's future and what to do about it. So help our under our audience understand what a subscription mile, model is and what the end of ownership is for businesses. What do you mean by that? Well, this really was stemming from the early experience of Salesforce.com. I mean, we, we all use software today in the cloud. We all simply point our browsers, we point our phones at, 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 at some website, and whether it's tracking our customer contacts or issuing invoices or paying, you know, making payments, we're all used to doing that for work. But in those early days, what we really figured out was it wasn't just about putting this software stuff in the cloud. It was really about changing the entire business model, if you will, where previous software companies would sell a software product to a customer and then say, you have to worry about it. We realized that once things were in the internet, you can actually see what customers were doing. And we said the most important thing we can do is to rethink our fundamental business as a subscription. It's not about getting customers to own a product that we built. It's about getting them to subscribe to our service and to build a relationship over time. This whole concept completely transformed the software sector. And, and, and so fast forward to 2008, I've been at Salesforce.com for about nine years. And my question to myself and my team was, is this whole thing about changing to a subscription model just a software thing? Or can it happen to every single industry? And so when we looked at an early, early example of ride sharing service called Zipcar, right? We're all used to Uber. We're all used right. to Lyft now. But back then, Zipcar was a revolutionary idea that says you don't have to buy cars. You can simply get the zip card, if you will, walk up to a car, swipe it drive around and simply pay for how many miles that you drove. And we said, look, it's not just software. You can see it happening in cars. You can see it happening in movies. There were about a million people around the world at the time that said, I don't want to buy DVDs anymore. I'm simply going to subscribe to a DVD service called Netflix, pay them 20 bucks a month and get access to the entire movie catalog. The whole subscription business model was going to take over our lives. That was our bet. We started this 10 years ago and over the last 10 years, this vision has really, really played out. And clearly it's played out. You've even coined the phrase the subscription economy, which is absolutely alive and well. So tell us about your company, Zwara. How do you help a company uh, adopt the subscription economy? How would, how would uh, a business get started or perhaps a new entrepreneur that has some service or product to sell? Where do they even begin? Well, so it turns out that running these businesses are so different. We're all used to a set of software products like, say, a QuickBooks, like an SAP, like a NetSuite, that were probably all built for business models that were selling products. Yeah. But when you have a subscription, 
you have to do completely different things. You have to actually figure out how do you want to price and package the service. Do I charge per month? Do I charge per mile? Do I charge per article? Do I charge per user? You have to translate all those things on a monthly basis to a bill that you send out. You have to be able to store credit cards or direct debit or PayPal accounts, right, in order to charge the customer on a recurring basis, if you will, right? And you have to think about your whole financial model differently, right? You have to worry about things like churn, things yeah. like retention rates. And so what we realized was, you know, there's no software product out there to help these type of businesses. And what if we can provide the software that allows all companies to be successful in the subscription economy? This is what we've been up to for the last 10 years. Uh, but then it's more than that. What we found, too, was that companies said, OK, I, I get that you have the software. But how do I understand the whole business model itself? All right. And, 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 and help me understand what were the techniques not just from the software product use, but how do I market? How do I build my products in this new era? How do I think about my whole financial model? What should my CFO be doing, if you will? So we took a lot of these concepts and, and that goes beyond our technology and we actually wrote a book. And the book is actually called Subscribed, right? Why the subscription model will be your company's future, what to do about it. And the book is actually coming out in a week and in, in the first week of June. It's really exciting, and, and I've been privy to an advanced copy, so it's been lovely to be able to dive in. But let's dive a little deeper into this concept of the subscription economy. So what about, you know, middle America's biggest manufacturing and auto companies? How might they uh, react to this new concept of the subscription economy? Well, if you look at my company, Zora, we've been able to work with uh, Caterpillar right, in Peoria, we've been able to work with Ford, we've been able to work with General Motors. And the big trend that we see now, we believe that the decline of the manufacturing industry here in the US that you've seen over the last 30, 40 years is being reversed, right? And why is that? Because these products that we buy now, they're becoming smart products, right? They're all collecting a whole bunch of data through their sensors. They're all sending some of the data into cloud-based services. And these companies are all providing services on top of that. Think about security systems, right? now. You can just go to Google, put a, 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 a Nest Cam, if you will, in your house and be able to see what's going on in your house from your phone anywhere in the world. Yeah. And it's our services that you're being tapped into, right? Cars are becoming smart cars now. And you're seeing this with, with, with Uber. You're seeing this with Lyft. You're seeing the promise of autonomous cars, right? Pretty soon you're going to be subscribing to your car versus outright purchasing your cars. And then Caterpillar. Caterpillar has it sells obviously these, these 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 tractors and these engines that are worth millions of dollars, but they're realizing that these tractors, it's the same thing happening. They're collecting all this data. They know where they are. They're actually becoming autonomous vehicles. And and and, and why force businesses to buy tractors when they actually just want to move some dirt? Right? Maybe we can actually provide a service where they simply pay for the the amount of metric tons of earth moved, if you will, versus having to deal with the tractor. And so these manufacturers are realizing that there's a whole wave of innovation coming around smart services. The same thing that happened in the software sector 10 years ago. The software sector was a slow growth industry, it shifted to subscriptions, and now it's a fast growth industry. For about 15 years, the music industry has seen their revenues decline year over year until Spotify kicked in, until Pandora kicked in. And now the overall revenues of the entire music industry is growing once more. The same thing is gonna happen in manufacturing is what we predict 
over the next five to 10 years. So there seems to be a dramatic shift for the consumer. And let me describe an experience that I had just today. I was purchasing something on Amazon. It was, I'll be uh, clear and tell you, it was vitamins that I get at a great price on Amazon. And for the first time ever, it said, do you want to subscribe to repeat this order monthly? And I thought, well, how opportune, since I'm speaking with you today. Is that an offshoot of the subscription economy? Absolutely. Absolutely. You can think about the things in your life. You don't think they're not really one time purchases. You're always after something. You're after entertainment. You're after transportation. You're trying to do work. You're trying to take care of your health. And if you're going to try to take care of your health, vitamins is a big part of that. And you need vitamins on an ongoing basis. But what if it went deeper? What if there's a health service out there? Eventually, maybe it's Fitbit, maybe it's Nike, maybe it's somebody else that's monitoring how much exercise are you doing? Right? What are your what are your blood sugar levels? How much do you weigh? And then collecting all that information and actually adjusting the vitamins that you should be taking on a daily, weekly, monthly basis for you, right? To make sure that you're actually achieving what you really are after, which is health. Right? And and, and, and that's where the world is going. You're gonna see these services morph into much richer, much deeper, much more more profound things that are gonna impact your life in the coming months and years. Incredible. So you speak about this in the book. You talk about digital transformation. Tell me more about that. Well, lots of people like to talk about digital transformation. You're seeing the biggest companies in the world saying we're having these digital transformation initiatives. And you delve into it and you're like, well, what, what, what does that really mean? And certainly it's saying the technology is different today. Everybody's walking around with their phones. It's easy to collect all this data. It's easy to provide advanced computer software, these artificial intelligence algorithms, if you will, to process all that data. But what does it all mean? It really means that as a company, you get to transform your relationship with your customers. You think about that vitamin company, right? They probably sell today through retailers. They sell through Amazon. They don't really know who their customers are. They know these products are being purchased, but they don't know who you, who you are. You don't have an ID. But then you think about some of the fastest growing companies in the world. They have a relationship with their customers. You and I, we have an Amazon ID, right, that's running more and more of our lives. We have a Google ID. We have a Facebook ID. For work, you might have a Salesforce.com ID as an example, right? And, 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 and you, these things, you're going, you have an Uber ID. These things are the things that are running more and more part of your lives, but you're not walking around with a Nike ID. You're not walking around with a GNC ID. You're not walking around with a Coke ID. But what you're going to see is that you will. Right? You're going to be going to these relationships that, ask, that, 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 that manage different parts of your lives, whether it's, again, it's food, it's entertainment, it's transportation, it's, it's, it's vacations, it's, it's travel, whatever it happens to be. And these are going to be the services that are going to win in the long term. So companies really want to get into my head and anticipate what I need before I even say, hey, I need that so they can be there to provide that service or that resource. Well, we used to joke, there was an April Fool's joke about Amazon, right? They used to do, you know, three-day shipping, then two-day shipping, then one-day shipping, and now they're trying to get the product to you for three hours. There's an April Fool's joke about three years ago where Amazon said, you know, we'll even predict, we'll, 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 we'll do previous-day shipping. <laughs> we'll predict what you want and we'll send it to you. But that is what companies are doing now. Yeah. You look at Stitch Fix. Stitch Fix has millions of members today where the algorithm, with some human help from a stylist, is actually predicting Based on you know your communications, I've got these events, I've got a wedding coming up, I've got a graduation coming up, I've got some business meetings coming up, 
And the stylist, with the help of the algorithms, would actually predict the type of clothes that you want and just send it to you. And, and this is all that's happening today. I love it. So, Teen, you you shared uh, in the book. There's a there's a great bit. How can companies confront the WTF moments? Tell us more about that. I chuckled, but it really resonates. Well, you know, you don't really realize this, but if you if you take a step back and you think about how how companies operate today, and this is across all the different departments, right? It could be how they innovate. How do they how do they design that 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 dress? How do they design that car? How do they design that piece of software? How do they create movies, if you will, right? All the way to how they market, how they sell their product, how they track their finances, even the 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 the, the IT or the systems infrastructure they use, and even down to the very culture. It's all built around assumptions of selling product, right? And even though we all know that we're all going to Netflix for, for, for movie streaming, you look at how Hollywood works, it's still, I'm gonna invest a lot of money to create a hit product, and I'm hoping to sell as many units of the product as possible, right? As many cars, as many movie tickets, as many issues of the magazine, as many CDs or as many song downloads, and everything is geared towards that. But that's not how these modern subscription businesses work. Right? These modern subscription businesses say, well, how many customers do I have? And do I have a relationship with the customers? And how do I, how do I monetize that relationship, you will, which is just a fancy word for how do, I, how do I create value and make money off those relationships? And so a great example of this is Apple, right? You think of Apple as a phone company, as a PC company, and you probably think their business you know, is all about how many phones, how many, how many, how many, you know, how many Apple tens or iPhone tens did they sell last quarter? And what Apple is actually saying is, I don't really care anymore. What I know is I have over a billion Apple IDs, and I've, I've all sorts of ways to monetize that Apple ID, right? Certainly, the annual or biannual upgrade of the phone is one way, but storage is another way. Right, photos are another way. Music is another way. They just acquired a company to provide you magazines in another way. And so there's all these ways that they can use to basically take over more parts of your lives, whether it's around entertainment or, or work or whatever it happens to be. Right, photos and image sharing with your family, and we'll find ways of monetizing that relationship and in a way that's natural, right, and beneficial to the customer. That really puts it all in perspective. Thank you for for that. Uh, that really made it more clear for me. So I want to put my career development and career coach hat on for a moment and ask you, this is really impacting talent within companies. So which kinds of job roles are, are most impacted by this shift? And what's the savvy job seeker need to get prepared for in order to be part of the subscription economy? How can they be most well-suited for this exciting change? Well, uh, in any opportunity, in any situation where there's a lot of change, there's opportunity. I kind of opened the book with a, uh, a bit of a, uh, a funny joke, if you will, but it's a true story. Of, of business school. I happen to have gone to business school. I got my MBA. Um, but when I reflect all the things that I learned in business school, they were all anchored on this old product economy where the goal of the company is to sell units of whatever they happen to have. So if the future is different, then the techniques they teach you in business school really don't apply anymore. There's a chance now for new things to be created, new ways of doing jobs to be created. We try to cover some of that in the book. Just think about how you build product. It used to be you do a ton of research to create a hit product, 
you launch it into the marketplace, you try to put it in as many channels as you will, right? Retail stores, salespeople's hands, distributors, newsstands, whatever it happens to be. And, and you hope to sell as many units as you can. If you exceed your goal of selling you know, more units than you thought, you make a lot of money. If you don't sell as many units, right? People are talking this weekend about the new Star Wars movie not doing as many ticket sales, right? Then you say, gosh, you know, I probably didn't make money off that thing. Right? And that's not the way the modern company works. The modern company says, you know what? It's a service that I, I'll, I'll simply launch out there with a the service. I'll acquire my first 10 customers, my first 1,000 customers, my first 10,000 customers. And then I'll iterate. I'll iterate over and over again. And this way, I'm making decisions based on what customers are doing. One of the things that we realized really early on in Salesforce is we had like 10 ideas of what to do. Rather than doing all the ideas, let's get a product into the market. Let's see what customers are using. Let's talk to them. Let's see what they prefer. And let, let's the customer guide, you know, what are the techniques that we should be building into, 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 into our future products. This is an iterative process now that's done in conjunction with your customers that changes the whole way that innovation works. And, 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 and companies that are not doing this are not really taking advantage of this new modern model. I love the design thinking approach with iteration and testing and adjusting to the needs of the customer. So I know you've consulted with so many companies on this subscription economy concept. Have any of them failed forward and, and learned from mistakes that, that you might share, even if you don't name the company in particular? But, you know, what are some big lessons that companies have, have learned using this strategy? Well, so, so we certainly see a, a lot of companies trying to move into the subscription economy, especially in the early years when the whole concept was new. We saw a lot of successes and we saw a lot of failures. And when we look at the patterns across these companies, right, it's, 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 it's really about, about iteration. It's really about iteration. The companies that basically take too long to launch something into the marketplace, right, and, 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 and thinking it's a one-shot deal uh, aren't successful. The companies that, you know, so I've got a great example. We, we, there's a company out there called Gray's. It's based in the UK, and it sells snacks. Right. They basically right. mail you snacks. It could be nuts, it could be popcorn, wasabi peas, whatever it happens to be. And uh, the, the CEO there used to work in an energy energy drink company, a classic consumer products goods company. And he says in his old company, if he wanted to go into a new market, uh, he would do millions and millions of dollars of research, and then 50-50 whether that new product actually works. Well, Graze is different. Graze basically has an agile manufacturing line where every box that they send to you is uniquely tailored to you. And then every time you get a box of, of, of these snacks, there's an email that, tell, that, comes, that follows up and says, well, which ones did you like? Huh. Did you like the peanuts? Did you like the popcorn? And they take all that information and they iterate and, and they adjust the next box that they send to you. And so this, it's an agile factory that actually takes information from their customers and adjusts what they're doing in a one-to-one -one relationship with the customer. Now you pull back and you say, well, what does that mean from an international market strategy? When they went into the US, rather than doing all the research, they just took their UK inventory and just plopped it into the US. I mean, they added a few things, right? A few guesses at what a, a, an American palate might prefer, but the system starts to adjust, right? Because they sent out the boxes, People say, well, I, didn't, I don't really like chutney, right? That might be a big in the UK, but that's not something we, you know, we prefer here in the US. We prefer barbecue. We don't like curry. We prefer you know, salt and vinegar, whatever it happens to be. And the system starts to adjust. And pretty soon, it, it adapts to the local tastes 
of the local market. And so this is a completely different way of thinking about your business, right? Rather than doing all that market research, just get in the game, talk to customers, engage with them, iterate, and it's a much, much healthier way to build a business. So as we wrap up, I'm fascinated by Grays because I've seen so many, uh, so much advertising lately about them. So it's opportune that you mentioned them. What about scaling, you know, to, to a grand scale, that customizable, agile approach? Is that doable? Well, it, it's, it's a whole different approach to scaling. One of the reasons that the old infrastructure was built from, from if you think about manufacturing lines, if you think about assembly lines, if you think about industrial you know, production, it was all about trying to, 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 to build the same product as many times as you can, right? The classic line from, from, from Ford that says you can have any color as long as it's black, yeah. right? That's because, yeah, and that was because black actually dried the fastest coming off the assembly line. Yeah. And so they're optimizing for unit cost, if you will, right? This is a whole different approach to scaling. And, but technology is, is what enables it today. Technology is what enables you to, 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 to build a one-to-one -one relationship with, your, with every single one of your customers, gather their preferences, gather their behavior, and then build software to customize these capabilities. And so you can create a unique experience for every single one of your customers today. That's what it takes to scale in today's uh, organization. And so, so, so the whole technique for building business is starting to change. And when it, I take it back to your listeners that are building your careers, all right, building their careers, this allows you to, to, to have a completely different advantage compared to all the other students that are coming out of business school trying to do just replicate the formulas of the past that are no longer working today. Teen, thank you so much. I learned a lot today. I'm so grateful for your wisdom and expertise on the podcast. And I want to remind our global listeners that your new book, which is out any day, is called Subscribed, Why the Subscription Model Will Be Your Company's Future and What to Do About It. And it'll be available in all major book retailers and, of course, online at Amazon. Teen, thank you so much, and I wish you continued success. Thanks, Carolyn. It was a pleasure to be on the show. Thank you. And hey, if you like the show, subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud, and even better, leave us a review and let us know what career-themed questions you'd like for me to discuss on a future show. You can find me at Twitter at C. Dowd Higgins or send me an email at caroline at carolinedowdhiggins.com. Thanks for listening.